We have grown from, I was looking back the other day, our first sample order of our finalized product was 5,000 pieces. Our next shipment will be 500,000 pieces. To see that scale, that's a pretty awesome high. From Innovate Mississippi, this is Origins of Innovation. Raw, honest conversations with the founders on the then and now of their Mississippi-based startups. And now here's your host, Gary Watts. Welcome to Origins of Innovation. I'm Gary Watts, and my guests today are Hagen Walker and Anna Barker. I'm Hagen Walker. I'm 25 from Columbus, Mississippi, so not too far from home, living in Starkville now. I went to Mississippi State, graduated in 2015 with an electrical engineering degree. Uh, My name is Anna Barker. I'm 23, and I'm originally from Monticello, Mississippi. I also graduated from Mississippi State University in May of 2017. I was in the International Business Program, which is a really cool dual-degree program at State. So I have a degree in marketing with some international emphasis and in Spanish. So, Hagen, have you always kind of had an interest in electrical engineering, or how did you get interested in that subject? I think so. When I was three, uh, I stuck a key in a socket and got electrocuted, and I think that uh, kind of set the precedent. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, did now. so how did you get interested in international business? I see it was the same thing. I was just always interested. I n- always knew I wanted to learn another language. And whenever I was younger, I always said I was going to learn four or five, and then I realized how hard it was just to get <laughs> one uh, under your belt, which I still would like to learn others. And I've traveled a good bit, and so I knew I wanted something that could help me work across cultures. And as soon as you get out of school and you get into business, you see how important it is to be able to work internationally and to be able to understand how people pick up things in different markets. And so I think it was a really, really cool thing to study that will help me during my career. Yeah, we're definitely headed toward a global economy. So understanding that early is going to help. Anna will be going to her 24th country this year. (laughs) Wow. So what language, other language you speak? Spanish. Spanish. I can do a little bit of, I can like dabble in a little bit of French and Italian because I spent about eight months abroad. And so I got to go into Italy and France a little bit and learn a bit, a bit there too. Let's talk a little bit about the product and kind of how it got started and the beginnings of that. Glow started in early 2015. It was born out of a classroom project, started in a graphic design classroom. My co-founder, Kaylee Mitchell, This uh, was born of a conceptual company, a project that she had to do where they came up with this concept and the idea was to create a brand that drew your eyes to a product. And Kaylee said, well, if a drink lit up, people would look at it. That's kind of how the whole concept of Glow got started. Tell us about that first experience when you had a prototype and kind of how you developed that prototype. Yeah, so it was actually pretty crazy. Neither of us had ever heard of the Entrepreneurship Center at Mississippi State before. And so she created this concept. I helped her with the initial prototypes, but you would pull a string on a T-tab and it would let the battery touch the LED and, and turn on. It was very simple. It was just something to get her a grade. But one of her teachers loved it so much that she taught Kaylee to go into the e-center. From there, the Entrepreneurship Week was four days away. And they said, well, if you can get your prototype to the next stage where it's liquid activated, because that's what we wanted to do, we'll let you enter. So that night we went home and, and made something that was liquid activated out of an old toothbrush holder and some hot glue and soldering up some electronics and it worked. And we entered eWeek and actually won about $15,000 four days later. Tell us a little bit about the steps between the first prototype and your first customer. What are the steps to get the ball rolling with a product like this? I think it's a little bit different this day and age. A lot of things that you see now are software-based. 
globing a, a hardware product, there was a lot to learn. And even going through engineering, you don't know everything that you need to. So we had to go through many steps of injection molding. So the outer case of glow is made out of plastic. So we had to figure out how to make that seal off the electronics inside, make sure that the product was safe, that it could go in drinks and liquid activation worked as it should. So we went through 117 revisions between that first hot glued prototype and the one that's actually on store shelves across America today. Who was your first customer? Probably a professor. (laughs) I'm trying to think of who our big first customer was. We made a sale early on to a Caesars restaurant out in Las Vegas called The Link. One of our first stores was Vowel's Marketplace in Starkville. They were one of the original people that picked us up and carried us, so local support all the way. Anna, tell us a little bit how you got involved with the company and your role there and what's happening with you. Hagen and I met because I was working in the Entrepreneurship Center at Mississippi State. It's kind of getting a lot of traction and everyone knows about it now, but it is really an amazing place. There are over 100 active student startups and people are moving the needle on things from new research for diseases in the medical field all the way to like new ways to purify water in third world countries. I mean, it is a really amazing facility. And if you go in there with just an idea, they will get you funding and the resources you need to see it through. So I was working in there because I was working on my own startup and I also was a student worker there. And that's where I got to know Hagen and Kaylee just from kind of being in that space. And it seemed like we were all always in there if we weren't in class. When I was getting near graduation and they were starting to expand and really grow, Hagen and I talked about me coming on to kind of work on some strategic plans for the future and working to grow and develop as they take on these larger clients. So how long have you been with the company now? Since May. So that's almost a year. So tell us about when you started the company, what, what are some of the highs and lows that you've had? Let's start with the highs. Okay, because there's a lot of highs. There's a lot of lows too. <laughs> but we have grown from, I was looking back the other day, our first sample order of our finalized product was 5,000 pieces. Our next shipment will be 500,000 pieces. To see that scale, that's a pretty awesome high. We just moved into a new facility. We went from 800 square feet to 5,000. So that's another high. It's really cool to have space to keep inventory and move around and all that kind of stuff. We've had some really great customers along the way. Anna actually has helped design some new packaging and a theme around a new product that we're about to release in March. That'll be a children's-based product. So it'll take the liquid activation aspect of Glow and apply it to bath and pool toys. Those are the ones off the top of my head. We've taken GLOW to the Academy Awards. We had a video on social media that's brought in over 9 million views. A lot of really cool things when you look back. Anna tells me to look at the good a lot. It's kind of different when you get to say it out loud. There is a lot of stuff that's really cool that we've done. What about the lows, though? Oh, there's a lot of lows. So (laughs) one of the first lows that I remember is we brought an investor on early, and he doesn't know this right now. So hey, Stephen, we spent a bulk majority of his money designing a injection mold that was wrong. So we basically wasted 20 grand trying to get this thing up and going and didn't really know what we were doing. There's been some times when you have to deal with customers that don't understand maybe how the product works, uh, that we didn't do a very good job conveying how it works and stuff like that. So people are looking for buttons and trying to figure out how to turn this thing on and there aren't any. So figuring out a better way to explain what the device is. Just educating people on it. Yeah. And I think the most, well, when I think about, because I do always tell them to look more at the positive, but when I think about the lows, it's more like they're these massive highs, but then they're just everyday lows. 
when it comes to actually starting your own company rather than going and working for one. It's just that he was laughing the other day. He said, you know, you have your parents who don't really understand who asked why you don't get a real job. You're kind of doing everything. So the other day, in one day, he and I worked on electrical components and then we worked on marketing and then we worked on sales and then we were doing financials. It's just a completely different way of working than if you were to just get hired at a company. And those daily lows are what can stack up. But I think it's important to point out because you always hear about the highs when people are starting companies. But it's those everyday lows that you have to overcome, and then you get a really awesome high and kind of make it worth it. I've always liked to start things in my life, and I think as an entrepreneurial person, I think people that aren't entrepreneurial have a hard time understanding that. Have you both been that way your whole life, or is this something brand new to you? I actually had a little computer company in high school and made some money on the side, so I had a small taste of what it was like. But I I did some internships and think that I'm just much better cut out to work for myself than someone else. But no, it's kind of interesting because I always thought I would go back to Tesla and and design cars and cars is kind of what I love. So from going from cars to ice cubes is a pretty big change, but I don't think I would change it. Anna? I I think it's the same thing. I always have thought that I was pretty independent, but I did the same thing in college. I interned in New York and then in Belfast, Northern Ireland in the UK. And both were going through the motions of what you're supposed to do, learning what kind of company you want to work for. But I think I was kind of like, hey, again, before this, I was working on another startup. And I think if you kind of have that entrepreneurial mindset, then you kind of always have it. And I always loved the idea of starting something from the ground up and seeing it through rather than just going and working for someone. Tell us about your relationship with Innovate Mississippi and kind of how they've helped in moving the ball along through this process. Back in 2015, I was still out interning at Tesla, and Kaylee actually presented at Innovate Mississippi's New Venture Challenge and and won second place. That brought in some funding that I believe actually went towards helping us get packaging ready for retailers across the country. So that's kind of how we got started with Innovate. Since then, we competed in 2016 again together and won first place, and we just went through their seed fund program, which basically puts money it's set aside. And, and if we have a big customer come along, say, for example, Disney, Carnival Cruise Line, someone like that, it gives us money to be able to pull from to do production. So Almost like a credit line. Exactly. Having that there is just great. It allows when your company gets to that point that they need to scale, that, that there are some people here in the state that believe in you and are helping you along. Has most of your investors been from Mississippi or have they been from all over? Actually, I think all of them are from Mississippi. Really? I think so. So Stephen, who's probably our most active investor, he lives and works in New York. And I feel like the majority of them don't live in Mississippi now. And so I didn't even realize. I think actually all of them are also alums of Mississippi State. How about that? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the product itself. So it started kind of as a product that was a fun product for college students in night spots and bars and stuff. And, and how's it grown from that? Well, actually, it started as this cool light-up product. But what we really wanted to do in the beginning is create a product that could be used in children's pediatrics. It got to be known as this idea or this creation that was for nightlife and bars, but it started as a small ice cube where you could put liquid medication inside of it and it would disperse throughout a drink. 
And the reason for doing that is a lot of children that have chronic illnesses hate taking medication. And so if you can make that light up and have it be a little bit more fun, it helps them. But the other cool thing is since it's liquid activated, when the light turned off, the nurse could at a glance look through the the hospital window and see that the child has taken their medicine. And so it makes the whole thing a little bit more fun. So what happened was we couldn't afford getting FDA clearance. And so the next easiest market or the easiest market to get into was liquid activated drink cubes. And so that's really what's taken off. But as Anna is about to explain, we're coming back full circle to the kids idea. So we can't get into children's pediatrics still, but we are working on some children's toys. We've created these really cool things called Glow Pals. Yeah. And because of the route that it took from the get go and often being seen in nightclubs and bars, we knew that from the get go, we were going to have to create a very distinct and separate brand because you're going from it being in Harrah's at their New Year's Eve party to now we're wanting people to buy it for their children to be used in bathtubs and pools and things. And so we've created this really cool brand of these four little characters. And it's really fun and interesting. And we actually debuted it at Market in Atlanta in January. And there we won't actually have them ready to be shipped out until March. But it's going to open being in over 20 states. We're going to be in retailers in over 20 states. So where do you see it going from here? Though? What are some other things you've kind of tossed around between the two of you about how this product and this technology can be used? Just from the early success with what we've seen from the Glow Pals, the kids line, and then also we partnered with the Bath Bomb Company and that was really successful as well. Just from what we've seen from those, I think that just expanding on that idea, we were talking about this is just that preliminary entry into the children's market, but expanding that and creating toys where you were to partner with a toy company and work it out so that you could insert this technology into any kind of toy and make it light up. And I think the possibilities are kind of endless there. And maybe that's because I've been working on the kids market so much. From a personal perspective, is this something that you started and jumped in full time or were you having to kind of do two jobs when you started this or explain how that works? I hear a lot of people say that they're an entrepreneur and yet they have a full-time job and entrepreneurship is something they do on the side. I'll just say, I don't know how they do it Uh, (laughs) because we are busy every day and every night working on GLOW. It was something early on Kaylee and I both knew and, and now Anna has quickly found out this is something that you devote a lot of time to. When you see something that's trying to take off, I don't think there's any other way to do it, or at least for us, there there wasn't. And so uh, I actually had a job offer from Tesla and I turned it down to come back to Mississippi and give this a shot. And here we are two years later. What about along the way, each of you personally, was there someone that encouraged you specifically about entrepreneurship or anything in your life that kind of got you to the point that you're in? So as I spoke about the Entrepreneurship Center at Mississippi State earlier, it, it's just an incredible supportive community. It's in McCool Hall, which is the College of Business, and Dean Oswald, who's the dean for the College of Business, is incredibly supportive on the academic level when we were students and we were working on this. But then even now on a personal level, she's taking us out to lunches. She's encouraging us. She's trying to help us network in the areas that we need help. And then Eric Hill and Jeffrey Rupp, who both work in the Entrepreneurship Center and are just amazing. And they're absolutely the reason that both of us are still here and working on it and feel so supported and encouraged. You know, Mississippi's changing, but I think this is a new idea for a lot of people in the state to create a startup and to stay in the state and continue. So you have to look for these other people that have kind of done that before. And again, I think Eric Hill, Jeffrey Rupp, there's a lot of names I could put on that list, but it's really, I think, important that this close-knit community stays together to support people and keep growing. 
What about the patent process? That's something that everyday person doesn't understand. I don't understand it. So tell us a little bit about how the patent process worked and the details of that. Yeah, it's a it's a pain. <laughs> um, we're still going through. We've gotten our trademark. Uh, we're still going through the patent process. So Glow is patent pending. Uh, there's actually two pending patents on it, and things are looking good. We've talked to the patent examiner a few times now, but. Basically, how this works on the patent side is you come up with an idea and you send in what's called a provisional patent. That's just some basic ideas. You write them down in a template that the patent office has and you submit those. And what that allows you to do is work and flesh out this idea for a year and you have to submit a patent within that year or you abandon your idea, basically. And so once you submit the real patent, that's when they assign a patent examiner to the case. You probably have done this with the help of an attorney. From that process forward, it's just kind of going back and forth to them. They look at what's called prior art, other people that have submitted something that might be similar, and really make sure that that what you're submitting is a new idea and that you're not infringing on anyone else's ideas. So basically, to get the provisional patent, that's kind of a race to the line. So you got some protection for that next year so nobody can beat you to it. Yeah, exactly. So provisional is basically called first to file. So if we left this room with a great idea and I sent off a letter to the patent office before you did, then that idea is basically mine. Someone at the USPTO explained it to me as being your stake in the ground. They're like, as soon as you got that, it's your stake in the ground for another 365 days. Yeah. Let's talk about competition a little bit. What is your competition out there and how similar is it to your product? There are button activated lighted ice cubes. So you press this button, you put them in a drink. The main issues with that is it's unsanitary and it's slow. So a bartender, imagine them having to touch this cube to turn it on and then they drop it in your drink. So one, in a really busy bar, they're having to do this with every drink. So it's slow. Two, they're using probably their bare hands to touch this thing have their hands all over it, and then put it in your drink. So where Glow is different is it's liquid activated. So you literally just drop in the drink like you would scoop ice. As you pour the drink in, it automatically comes on. So it eliminates them having to touch it at all, and it automatically turns on, so it speeds up the whole process. What about retail pricing? Does it affect the price of the drink to the consumer? Is it an add-on price, or are people budgeting it with their drink price? Kind of how does that work? It works in a couple of different ways, and we let bars and restaurants decide how they want to do it. A lot of people use it as part of their marketing budget. So we have logos. We can put their logos on it and it becomes something really cool because of how Glow sits in the glass. It's actually weighted. So the top always faces the consumer. So you always see their logo when you take a drink. A lot of people use it for that and then just let the customer keep it if they want to. Yeah. And that's from like a special event, the marketing aspect, but it's a really attractive thing for the like larger venues because you can have a pretty substantial margin whenever considering, you know, when they're buying from us, what the price for it is versus what they can charge for it in scenarios like this. They wind up getting really healthy margins for just adding kind of the experience for the consumer. Yeah, one last point on that is uh, in a restaurant or a bar setting, it doesn't even have to be an alcoholic beverage, but if I ran out of Sprite, my light goes off. So one that tells the server to come assist me, right? So they can give me a refill. So it speeds up serving times, but then sometimes it encourages someone to actually purchase another drink. So if their light goes off, it's a, it's a prompt to get a refill. So basically when the liquid goes away, the light turns off. Correct. And then when you add liquid back, the light comes back on. Yeah. What's the lifespan of, of one of these devices? So it's eight lighted hours. So if you, know, you bought a pack, you use it for 30 minutes, you have seven and a half hours left later to use. 
So somebody can take it home and they can use it as long as they want to. Oh, and it's yeah. only the lighted hours that actually mm-hmm. the sure. clock's running on. So as soon as you finish your drink, it turns off automatically. You don't have to worry about batteries or buttons or switches or anything. It just automatically conserves that battery life. I think we got a good feel about your individual skills and what you're good at. Is there anything you're not good at? There's so much that I think we've both learned throughout this entire process. Electricity, (laughs) (laughs) which is great because he's very good at it. But I I mean, when it comes to, I mean, I'm very, very interested in technology. And so anytime that he is working on the technology side, I always love to watch and to learn just because I'm super interested in it. But it is it's not my field of study or expertise. <laughs> I, I will put a plug in and say, don't let it deter you if you aren't good at something from pursuing an idea that you might have. I wasn't good at logistics or patent work or financials. I'm still not the best. Anna does most of that. I think that you can find someone that can help you. There's a lot of people around the state of Mississippi. There's a lot of people beyond that that want to help. So don't let what you're not good at keep you from doing something that you are good at. And there are so many people, I mean, like you said, the state of Mississippi is changing so much and a lot of people are realizing how important it is to drive commerce here in the state and to keep businesses here. And people like the guys here at Innovate, if you have an area that you're good at, but you're lacking in other areas, people like the guys here at Entrepreneurship Centers at the universities, they can help you find the right partner to pursue it. When I was looking at your website, I saw a little bit about this bath business essential oils thing. Is that kind of the future? Is that already happening? It's a separate company. I was kind of confused. About yeah. That. So what we did on that, there's basically three branches of the company right now. So there's Glow Drinks. Those are the lighted ice cubes. There's going to be Glow Pals, which are the kids products. And we actually partnered with a bath bomb company here in town. And we're about to partner with another one. We're putting Glow inside of what's called a bath bomb. This is a effervescent tablet that you put in your bathtub and it disperses essential oils and stuff. Girls and children is the main market. But what happens is glow falls out and lights up the bathtub. So what we do is we sell glow wholesale to these bath bomb companies and they put it inside of their product. And so uh, it's just another way to, to get glow out without us having to do any additional advertising. Hagen, you gave us a tip for the struggling entrepreneur. Anna, do you have any tips for them, somebody that's struggling through an idea right now to give them some encouragement? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just what we keep saying about there being a lot of resources in the state of Mississippi. There are a lot of people that are getting behind this startup culture that's happening. And so reach out to Innovate Mississippi, reach out to the entrepreneurship programs and outreach programs in a lot of the college towns and to find help if you're struggling because it's always worth pursuing Hey, well, we really appreciate you guys coming down and doing this today, and we're excited about what you're doing, and we look forward to the future and what happens. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to Origins of Innovation with Gary Watts. Thanks for listening to the show. For more origin stories of Mississippi-based innovators, be sure to subscribe to the show at originsofinnovation.com. Our show is produced by Pottery Studios and sponsored by Fuse.Cloud. Learn how you can effortlessly connect your workplace to the cloud with a comprehensive suite of cloud-based services by visiting Fuse.Cloud today.